Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome, welcome. Come on in. It's the LNK After Show. This is the show we do after the show. It's our podcast. And today, a special guest. It's been 25 years since she sang Stay. Lisa Loeb. <laughs> The Ellen K. After Show. Thank you. Thank you. So nice to see you and have you here in the flesh. Um, (laughs) It's been a while. Uh, I think we met years and years ago um, because when Stay came out, I was on the air with Rick Dees and you came in. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, my gosh. That was so cool. (laughs) So cool. And here we are. Congratulations. Thank you so much for being here, for being here with you. Oh, well, thank and you for coming. Seriously, when going on shows like Rick D's with you guys, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, it was amazing because having grown up listening to the radio so much and paying so much attention to the charts, and my dad would talk about the hit parade, and <laughs> you know, to all of a sudden have my own song on the radio like that, it was just such an amazing experience, and it made it so much fun to be able to go into the radio shows that I listened to right. and get to talk on the radio you know, with you guys. Yeah, and then you get in your car, and then you hear your song. You do, and it has super compression and sometimes slightly sped up, and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm on the radio. (laughs) And it was also weird because back in the 90s, um, you know, I had just graduated college. It was like a few years after college, and I was a singer-songwriter and a very, like, indie person who listened to indie music and or music that I thought was really indie. And, um, you know, like, it turned out it was popular on radio stations in Los Angeles. But in Dallas, where I grew up, you know, the Go-Go's and all these bands were really independent. And to be on the radio all of a sudden, going from playing in clubs in New York, City like CBGB's with my band or Lone Star Roadhouse and having this sort of indie following and then all of a sudden being on the radio with people that you didn't think about as your peers like Mariah Carey right. and like it was just so wild it was so it was so wild and it was really cool you know being able to be a singer songwriter in the company of other musicians that people were listening to on the pop radio you yes know? that is a very cool aspect of it like when you say that just like uh, when when we play your music it it lives on forever and ever and ever. So does that add an extra pressure when you're writing that you think, okay, this song is going to go into the world. I'm going to let this baby go and it's going to be out there forever. Yeah, it definitely does. I mean, to have, I know there's some artists who have multiple, multiple, you know, huge hits. I, I had a handful of songs that were on the radio and stay was the number one one. So it's like the gateway song to people who are like, oh, I know your music, but really they mean that one song sometimes or a couple of songs. But I play a lot of concerts, so uh-huh. it definitely still resonates with people. They have a real nostalgic connection to it. Yes. As well as a like a everyday, con- you know, I could see it in their eyes. They're relating to it at that moment as I am, as well as taking a time machine trip, time travel. But, um, but yeah, when I'm writing songs, I really think I mean, I've always thought this. I've always wanted every song to be the best song. Mm -hmm. And ever since I started writing songs when I was back uh, as a kid, I remember some of my first songs I wrote. I was studying acting in London, and I had a guitar that I borrowed from someone because I'd left my guitar back in Texas. And I would start writing songs, and some of the other actor kids would come in, and they'd listen to my songs in this little dorm room. And they, it's like I had an audience from the very beginning. And they (laughs) were like, I want a tape of that. It was the 80s. So they were like, I want a cassette tape of that song that you played for us. And so... 
having that feedback, having that reaction really definitely feeds me and Uh and it makes me feel good. I mean, the success as a songwriter and a creative person of just making something feels very successful. But when you can connect with others like that, yes. it really does. It's that extra thing. And then, you know, again, it's like the lottery when you get a song that becomes so huge. Uh-huh. Um, it connects with so many people. But yeah, it definitely creates a little bit of pressure where you're like, will this be catchy? Will people get this? Will they understand what I'm saying? You know, so it, so then I start turning it around. Like I just finished making a new record that'll be out later this year. And with each song, I really thought, you know, while I was working with my collaborators what do I want out there like what what means something to me what you know I listen to a song even like fun songs like walking on sunshine or something and when you hear it it goes with you all day Uh you feel and I wanted songs like that my songs aren't all walking on sunshine (laughs) but they do have uplifting elements um in Uh them but but yeah definitely like what is going to go with you during the day what's going to be with you what is your impression going to be yeah. to the world? Exactly. Um, now, do you feel like some other famous singer-songwriters like yourself, who are also happen to be women, that they, it's harder for a woman? Um, there have been some outspoken, you know, Pink uh, talked about how it's harder. Mariah Carey. Even the other night, Taylor uh, Taylor Swift said, you know, a man can react, but a woman in pe- in, in this world can only overreact. If, yeah. if a man I does mean, something, it was it was thought out. If a woman does it, you know, she's... Yeah, no, I definitely feel like I've been very lucky. I've had a lot of mostly male collaborators, and they've all been very gracious and generous and even and equal. Um, that being said, I definitely, I, and I went to an all girls school for 11 years growing up in Texas and, and was taught you can do anything. And I have this feeling I can do anything, you know, mm, I'm just supposed great. to, but at the same time, I do feel like that I am very outspoken, very opinionated, very quick to know what I want and what I don't want. And yet I do find myself over and over again between trying to be polite as just a person, but just, yeah, definitely, I do feel like as a woman, I have to temper things sometimes mm-hmm. or strategize how yeah. I might say something instead of just being able to say it. Right, Because exactly. I might not be taken seriously. I might be thought of as, you know, this terrible person. I, I remember working on a reality show and I was told that I was one of the producers of, the, of my own reality show. And I was told by one of the head production people I was working with that some of the producers were scared of me. <laughs> and I said, well, sorry. You know, right. like, I'm sorry. Yeah. I t- I'm telling you what I want. We're not going to shoot here. I'm not going to be drinking that thing. I'm not uh-huh. going to have that conversation. Right. This is what we're going to do. And, like, I have an idea. And so I think it is really important to to have people like Pink and people who have a voice out there to to really continue this discussion. Because I do feel like, you know, we should definitely we, – we cannot lose sight of respect. Sometimes mm-hmm. it is important to strategize how you speak to people because you do need to take feelings – people's feelings into consideration – but you shouldn't have to hold back your opinions. Right. You shouldn't have to dress a certain way because you think it might appeal to people. Like you, you mm-hmm. really want to be yourself because that's the only you that that that's how that's what sets you apart from anyone else. Creatively, as yeah. a human, your ideas, yes, respect. But it's it's you know it's not cool if if you have to sort of lower yourself or change yourself yeah. in order to uh, appeal to others. You right know? or lower your voice. You're absolutely yeah. right. Um, well, tell us about <laughs> Dynasty um, Typewriter and your show. I have a show at Dynasty Typewriter, which is a small theater in town tonight. And it's kind of near MacArthur Park, um, not on the downtown side, but the other side. And it's this really cool small theater. And I'm going to be playing sh- songs to prepare for my tour I'm doing in Japan 
next week. So it's really cool. I'm playing some new songs that have never been performed in Los Angeles before that'll be on my new record, as well as Stay and Mm -hmm. a lot of classic songs you might know from the radio of mine, like Do You Sleep and I Do. And um, I'll have some requests if people want to request some of their own songs. But it's going to be fun. It's going to be serious. There will be tears. There will be laughter. There will be everything. Yeah, I'll be playing tonight. So people should definitely come and check out the show. That's the best kind. And I also love, uh, you tweeted this, um, parents, kids worried about going back to school. My album, Feel What You Feel, has great songs about processing big life experiences. Um, My son is now a teenager going into his senior year. So he's all really happy because they're the big men on campus. (laughs) But what a great tool to help kids who have that fear. Yeah, you know, it, I made this record called Feel What You Feel, and I'm so proud it won a Grammy. Congrats. Um, which is a couple years ago, uh-huh. and it's so exciting because there are themes um, throughout the record. It's, it just sounds like real music. In fact, I play some of those songs at my grown-up shows, but there is a song in particular called You Have It In You, to try something new like the first day of school. It's kind of like a groovy uh, late 60s kind of song, but, it, but I feel like it's so important to encourage people, whether it's kids or grownups, people, again, you need that thing. You need that thing where you're reminded like, wait a minute, sometimes I have down times. Sometimes things are tough, but wait, I can do this. And, and it's important to put that in music because that's what you take around with you. That's what gets yeah. stuck in your head. Right. Yes. And thank you for giving us music that gets stuck in our head. Oh, and speaking <laughs> of, okay. So I follow you yeah. on Instagram. I didn't click into the comments to read what the right answer was, but yesterday you posted 25 years ago, today was the last day of stay, being number one on the Billboard Hot 100. What came next? Well, you have to look up the, you have to look it up. You have to, <laughs> you, I want you to compete. I want people to compete and, and get to Ryan, tell the answers. Ryan, there are no shortcuts it's here. It's funny. Oh. It is funny though. Um, the, 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 the group that took over at number one, uh-huh. They were the ones who ended up winning Grammy, the Grammy for Best Duo or Group that we were both nominated Boys for. Boys to Men. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. You got to participate. You have yeah. to participate you on social participate. media. Wow. Because, you know, not only do you get to do fun, fun little tests and yeah. quizzes like that yeah. that, yes. will, that will jog, jog your memory, uh-huh. you also might get to see pictures of things like purple baked potatoes and yeah. I don't know what else. Well, <laughs> things, things come up on social media. Okay. Yes, Ryan. Put me to work. (laughs) And then also, we thought, we love this, that um, uh, Stay, Ethan Hawke, it was his idea to do it all in one take. It was, you know. Tell us about that. It was so funny because um, when when my song was on the the album Reality Bites, the soundtrack, they weren't sure if they were going to promote it as a single. And I think it really helped that Ethan Hawke said, I have an idea for a video. And he actually like showed me, this is how the video is going to go. And he pretended he had the camera. And he's like, you'll walk around this loft and you'll be telling me the story right into the camera. And then you'll walk around the camera. And you'll, like he had the whole thing planned out, even with his cat in the video. And um, <laughs> I thought it sounded like a really great idea. Yeah. I was a little concerned that my band was not going to be in the video. And I was not going to be seen playing guitar because I was somebody who had really focused on yeah. being a real musician, not just a pop singer with a microphone, even though I've, now I respect pop singers with a microphone. That's a hard thing to do. But anyway, so Ethan, um, we convinced the record company to make the video, I think, because Ethan was directing it. Uh-huh. And it was so cool to have like this movie star directing it. But really, the strength of the video was from the idea and the ability to tell the story of the song and have so much contrast with the other videos that were on at the time uh-huh. that had a lot more flash and like David LaChapelle shine and flash uh, yes. and color. And it was, you know, this was just like muted ni- 1990s colors, like Urban Outfitters. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, it was like very <laughs> muted, but it was it was a great way to tell the story. It was so yeah. unique. 
Definitely. And it was hard. It was hard to get every word right. We literally had no edits. We, it was literally one take. Oh my gosh. gosh. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations. It was a lot. That was really the universe working with you. We believe, like we believe in, in manifestation. And when you say something out loud, you get it. It happens. It's like a self-belief, I guess, really. It is. It's it's so easy to fall into. I can't do this. This isn't going to happen. Nothing's ever going to turn out right. Nothing, you know, and then I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday um, who's who's also a psychologist. We were talking outside of school and she said, just come back to your breath. You know, that's when you come back to your breath, like stop letting your mind spin, spin, spin. And really, like you said, focus on what you want focus on what life might look like mm-hmm. focus on what you already have that might even look like what you think you want it to look like yeah exactly i three years ago four years ago i was sitting with a friend and i was frustrated and he's like well what do you want and i go i just want my own radio show <laughs> and you're like blink. it's like right i know i remember a bunch of years ago i was sitting in a makeup chair for hours in japan and it was before cell phones were so easy to have everything you wanted at your fingertips and i wear glasses so i just have to sit there i couldn't see a tv i couldn't read i couldn't do anything i was just sitting there trying to look nice for tv uh-huh. and i thought what am i doing this is not satisfying i don't i don't want to be a musician i don't want to do this this isn't what i want uh-huh. and i ended up reading a book called finding the work you love uh by uh i have to look up who it's by uh-huh. uh lawrence bolt i think his name is b-o-l-d-t I, I read this book finding the work you love and um in it, there were questions and answers, which was really nice. Kind of like, what color is your parachute or something like that. Yeah. And I ended up, I think it was really, um, I have no internet service, so I, I can't look it up. But um, I, 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 it was a question and answer book about your career. And mm-hmm. and I think it was more based, I think it was more for people who had corporate careers who, who hadn't followed their heart. Okay. In, in the way that we can as creative people, they, they were, you know, in these jobs. But anyway, I did it as a creative person and I started doing questions and answers and it makes you start thinking about your values and what you want in life and, you know, what you would actually like. And I started realizing, wait a minute, I can do all the things that I want to do in my work as a musician. I can tell stories. I can listen to people's stories. I can connect with people. It's not all about, you know, having your hair done and your makeup look good for TV. And it was so nice to take something that I was already in and look at it from a different angle and to appreciate it in a whole different way. And it started changing how I was making decisions about what types of things I wanted to do, what things I said yes to and what things I said no to. That's a gift. And it really, it was amazing to be able to take something that I thought I was going to have to make a huge change Mm -hmm. and just be able to look at my own life differently. Yeah, and it's Lawrence Bolt. Lawrence Bolt. Great recall. Finding the Work You Love. Yeah. And it was such a great book. It's nice. a small book. He writes very long tomes, but this was a, a doable book. And like I said, it's questions and answers. So you, you're you easily able to think about your own beliefs and what you want and what your life will look like. Uh-huh. I, I, I just pressed buy. <laughs> My Amazon's <laughs> it's already great. preloaded. Um, and I love your eyeglasses. I know you have an eyeglass line. And you have it for girls. You have it for women. You have it for all people. Um, and it's a natural fit. Yes. Uh, so how long ago did you start the eyeglass line? I started the eyeglass line almost 10 years uh-huh. ago. And I had avoided it for a while. When I first started out as a musician in the public eye, people, I'd come on the radio and instead of people saying, oh, tell me about your guitar lick or your lyrics or, yeah. you know, your guitar playing, they'd say, so your glasses. Oh. And I would say, ah, <laughs> oh. I was, you know, this very serious, yeah. very petite, very serious, you know, 24 year old girl, woman. 
And um, and I was like, I don't want to talk about my glasses. Yeah. I want to talk about my music. But then I realized little by little, being out in the world, even ever since I started wearing glasses, that people always recognize me for my glasses, even uh-huh. in high school and college. Yeah. And it's something that I love. It's like a hobby of mine. Uh-huh. You go into a store, what, what pairs look yeah, cool, what's yeah, interesting. And so I connect with them. And I also realized people really connected with me because of the glasses. Um, there are a lot of women and I get letters, I get emails, I get everything about people saying, I wear my glasses because I saw you on TV wearing your glasses. And it makes me feel confident and comfortable. It's true. People say, my daughter was upset that she was going to have to get glasses, but then she saw you and she, she feels like herself and she feels you know, comfortable. And that just made me feel really good. And, and to do anything like that, where people feel comfortable in their own skin with what they are and who they are, it was just like an, a mind blowing thing to me. So I started an eyewear company called Lisa Loeb Eyewear. Um, I've got great partners down in San Diego that I work with. And um, I work with an eyewear designer and we make glasses that are, that hopefully make people feel strong, kind of flirty, mm-hmm. uh, classic. They're, they're not way out there. They don't speak before you speak as a human, but hopefully they've got a little bit of a lift. Mine are often very cat eyed, but but even the round glasses we mm-hmm. have or the square glasses, they also have a little bit of a lift. So mm-hmm. they always kind of lift your face. And I think they make people look very beautiful and they feel confident. Yeah, I so, love And that. I also realized, you know, a lot of the musicians I listened to growing up, David Bowie, Elton John, Queen, Olivia Newton-John, you know, you talk about her pants, you talk about their glasses, their shoes, their yes. look, but you also really take their music seriously. Yeah. Oh, so I said, definitely. you know what, you can do both. Yes, you it's can. It's okay. Love that. Well, let's talk about your guitars. And when you came in, now you have your guitar with you, one of them, and you said you have lots of guitars. Um, And so do you have uh, favorites? Does each one mean something different to you? All my guitars mean different things to me. Oops, I have my foot on my guitar case. You can hear it down there. (laughs) Um, There is one guitar I got about 30 years ago. Um, I did a demo while I was in college, and I worked with somebody who had worked with Suzanne Vega, and he had this amazing Taylor guitar. Uh, and I, when I, when I, it was time for me to get a new guitar, I went out and got the exact same guitar at the same store in New York City, Matt Umanoff. And I had a second guitar, which is the one I'm going to play today, um, which I barely ever play, but it's very similar to the, the main guitar. But then I also have a number of guitars that, that friends, chefs, uh, guitar makers, people have given me over the years. That and so they so each cool. mean something different to me for sure. Oh, wow. We are blessed to have you in our studio. And you said you were going to play, so can we? Yeah. Oh, let's I do would it. love that. So here's my song, Stay. I missed you. It was called Stay, but because there were so many other songs called Stay, we had to put a parenthetical, I missed you on oh, there. Oh, cool. And it, I can't believe we're celebrating. And I can't believe we're celebrating its 25th anniversary. Congrats. Wow. I only hear what... Let me try it over again. Sorry. I'm getting used to my guitar that I never play. Here we go. One more time. You say I only hear what I want to talk so all the time so 
And I thought what I felt was simple And I thought that I don't belong And now that I am leaving Now I know that I did something wrong Cause I missed you Yeah, yeah, I missed you So I don't listen hard Don't pay attention to the distance that you're running To anyone, anywhere I don't understand If you really care, I'm only hearing negative No, 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 bad So I turn the radio on I turn the radio up And this woman was singing my song Lover's in love and the others run away Lover is crying as the other won't stay So mothers have it and we weep for the other who was dying since the day they were born Well, well, this is not that I think that I'm throwing, but I'm thrown And I thought I'd live forever And now I'm not so sure you try to tell me that I'm clever But that won't take me anyhow or anywhere with you And you said that I was naive and I thought that I was strong, oh I thought, hey, I can leave, I can leave, oh now I know that I was wrong Cause I missed you Yeah, I missed you You said you caught me cause you want me And one day you let me go You try to give away, keep up But keep me cause you know you're just so Scared to lose And you say Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.